Welcome to the Kenza Pod, brought to you by the Kenza Collective, a platform designed to teach parents how to leverage their existing skills and network to create a successful freelance business. On this podcast, we bring you inspiring stories from other parent entrepreneurs, and we share pro tips to help you build a sustainable business so that you can create a life and a living that truly works for your family. On today's episode, Beth and I discuss how to set yourself up for success in quarter one of 2021 by looking at four main areas of your business. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clear idea of how to prepare yourself, your family, and your business as we dive into this first quarter. We also have a Google Doc worksheet that goes along with this episode so that you can put these suggestions into practice. Grab the link in the description of this episode or head over to kenzacollective.com. All right, let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the first episode of season two, which is actually episode 24, but it's just the first episode of season two of the Kenzapod. Beth, can you believe season two already? Oh my gosh. And it's our 24th episode, which is unbelievable. Um, so yeah, dude. Um, so Tiffany had this little idea almost a year ago of like, why don't we start this, this crazy thing? And let me explain more what we're trying to do. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, she wrote this manifesto and was like, here's what we need to do. We need to reach out to parents who want to start businesses and want to own their lives. And I was like, dude, that's great. That's perfect. Cause people need that. So anyway, here we are, um, almost a year later and, uh, having fun and making podcasts and, um, hopefully helping people too. Yeah. So well, beautiful. I Yay. love it. My gosh, what a year. Oof. Yeah. Oof. And even right now, as we are recording this episode, um, there's a lot of heavy stuff going on in the world and um, especially in the U.S., but around the world, of course. And I told Beth this morning before we jumped on to record, I said, you know, I kind of woke up in a groggy, sort of foggy, cranky, to be honest, a cranky mood. And um, and I was folding laundry angrily in the garage. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? No, I am going to show up with positivity. I'm going to show up with hope and be helpful and be of service because that's what would piss the terrible people off, bad the people. bad people off the most is to keep right. persevering and helping each other, um, despite their stupidity. And so that is what I have resolved to do this morning, Beth. Dang it. Good. That's what we all should do. We're all here. Those of us who aren't nuts and starting to, you know, and trying to make things bad for everyone else should be trying to make things good for everyone else. And uh, so here we are. Here we are. At the beginning of 2021, hopefully a better year than 2020. So far, it's been a little bit, you know, hit or miss, so to speak. A little, a little bit up and down, but um, we, you know, we have good intentions for uh, 2021 being a good year. Whew. All right. Well, for today's episode, um, we actually were inspired by ourselves. <laughs> Sometimes we inspire ourselves. Um, because a few weeks ago, we met up virtually, of course, across the oceans, um, to discuss our plans for Kenza in the first quarter. 
Um, and because our time is very limited, uh, because, you know, we each have clients still and we have families to love on. Beth is a newlywed and um, starting a new life with an amazing husband. Um, and, you know, we really want to practice what we preach, which is really integrating work and life in a healthy, sustainable way. And so we wanted to get really clear on what we're trying to accomplish just for this first quarter. We didn't, I don't even think we talked about the rest of the year, like at all, other than we'll talk about it when we get there. <laughs> I think our, I think our thinking on that, and this might be useful to our listeners also is like, uh, holy cow, uh, it's, it's hard to plan three months in advance, much less a year in advance, considering what we're still dealing with, which is a pandemic, as well as some other uncertainties. Um, so, you know, if we can break it down into chunks that we can handle, like three-month chunks, maybe we start doing that for now and uh, see how that goes. And maybe by the end of the year, we'll be back to projecting for whole years. But um, I'm, I, And I'm seeing this with my clients, too. So I work with people on their finances, and I'm kind of like... Yeah, I, I don't know that I'd budget for the whole year. I mean, I think, you know, you could, but then be prepared that maybe you want to restate your budget at some point because there's still factors that are up in the air that we don't know about. So um, unlike most years when you want to just really sort of nail your budget at the beginning, this year is a little bit more like, mm, you know, create a budget by all means, but maybe be open to revisiting that later, depending on how things go. We might still all be locked down six months from now. We don't know. Depends on the vaccine rollout. So, yeah, that's got to be tough. I didn't anyway. even think about that necessarily from that kind of financial perspective where companies typically would make an annual or maybe even another, you know, 18 month or something budget. And you're probably like, that's cute. But uh <laughs> Well, I work with arts organizations, right? And um, they're like, oh, are we going to have a performance this year? Are we going to be able to? I also work with um, a school, a ballet school. And they're like, uh, right now they can't even have people in the, in the studios, right? They've, they're, they're under a, um, you know, a restriction on that. So hopefully they'll be able to get back to that um, carefully sometime soon. But, you know, until then there's Zoom and we've, certainly all learned a lot of new things that we can do on Zoom, which is kind of interesting. Okay. So, you know, we sat down and we looked at four main areas of our business. Um, we looked at, we started with setting an intention and this was a really, really um, simple intention. We actually, so it's just one word for us, which is connection. We just um, really wanted to be focusing on connecting with our audience for this quarter. I mean, and forever, of course, but like, I'm setting aside chunks and blocks of time to be really intentionally connecting with people. And um, anyway, we'll get into the details of all that. So we started with setting an intention. Um, then we talked about time. We discussed kind of what's going on with each of us. I discussed what's happening with my childcare situation and my client work. And Beth discussed how, you know, she's going to be flying back from Denmark um, next week and, and what that means for our schedule and what she's going to be doing. And so we talked about that. So intention and then time. And then um, we used our intention to drive our and our time to drive our discussion about where we wanted to be spending our energy. 
And then we wrapped up with looking at our budget and, um, and looking at, you know, our projection for the next quarter and kind of where we're at with all of that. And so you can see how it kind of, it was like building blocks all starting with our intention and everything should be coming back to that. Um, okay, so what we wanted to do is kind of walk through each of those, give you some things to think about. And then what's really cool, something that we're gonna be doing this year um, with any podcast that makes sense is providing um, some supplemental material to go with it. So a lot of what we try and provide on um, the Kenza pod and in any of our content is not just trying to talk at you and have you think about things and then it kind of just goes away. Not that there's anything wrong with that. We will do that sometimes. But we also really want what we're talking about to be actionable. We want you to be able to take what we're doing and implement it and help it make your life and your business better. And so in that, you know, with that, what we're going to be doing for this episode is providing a free Google Doc worksheet and a checklist that goes along with what we're going to be talking about here. Um, and we're doing it in a Google Doc that you can just make a copy of so that you can actually go in and type stuff in there. It's not some PDF that you have to like print out and do something with. Of course, you can print it out if that's your thing and that's great. Um, but that's another thing that we wanted to do a little bit differently than a lot of the stuff we see out there is, is make this again, just really accessible, really easy to get right to work and figure the stuff out and to hopefully make your lives easier. So you can head over to kenzacollective.com um, and click on podcast in the top navigation and you'll be able to find a, um, a link to this show and then get that Google Doc or there's a direct link right in the show notes of this episode. Now, before we dive in, Beth, you want to talk about what we launched at the end of last year, kind of quietly. We kind of did it stealthily. <laughs> Yeah, it was a little bit of a stealth launch, wasn't it? Um, so we launched our signature course called You Can Do This. Oh, yeah. You get a song out of that. I love it. Yeah. So so you can do this, and it's a course to teach busy parents how to start up their business. And um, I don't want to brag, but uh, this thing's awesome, and I, I guess I can – say this with with modesty because it wasn't mostly me it was mostly tiffany um i think my parts are fun but tiffany did some really cool stuff and um i learned from it like i'm what i was watching it i ran through the whole thing to just make sure i was familiar with the whole offering and i was like oh my gosh i just learned something new i just took tiffany's advice the other day and i like did a um a proposal about doing a proposal. Like yes. I was just like, that's so brilliant yes. because no, I, that. I was, yeah, I was asked by somebody to like clean up their books. And I was like, hold on, hold on cowboy. Before I jump in and promise that I'll do that, I first need to go through the process of figuring out if I can do that. And it's going to take a bunch of hours of my time to do that. So therefore, I'm going to need to charge you for those hours of my time in order to take, take the temperature of this scenario and figure out, does this even make sense for me to do? And if at the end of this thing, it turns out that no, I'm not the right person for you. I've at least come up with like a bunch of recommendations for somebody who they can then take to somebody else. Maybe I can even recommend somebody for them where they can take these recommendations, present it to somebody else and say, can you do these things for us? Because the person who 
we just talked to is too busy or whatever. I just thought that was such a good solution, Tiffany. And I was like, wow, you know, I don't want to spend another year like giving away so much of my time when like I really ought to be, you know, there's value associated with my time. I've been doing this for 25 years. I know an awful lot. I could, I've like literally rescued companies. So I'm like, why am I giving that away for free? So anyway, thank you, Tiffany. That was super useful. And this um, course is chock full of stuff like that which is just like meant to save you time, aggravation, help you get more value out of your work. I mean, it's like, it's brilliant. It's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And all, all credit to Tiffany on that one. Um, and I had a small role, but a small and fun role in this. So wow. anyway, well, thank you. Really Beth. I, that, I'm yeah. so excited. So what's, what Beth is talking about is, is what I call like the discovery phase. So it's when a client comes to you and they want you to do a thing. And the typical process for a lot of people would be to bid that thing without knowing. I mean, you can ask a million questions, but for us, like that project example you gave just now is a perfect example. Most projects, unless it's like crazy straightforward, which not a lot are, um, most projects, you need to do some investigation to make sure you have the capacity, the desire to even want to do it. It gives you, it can give you a chance to get to know the client if they're new and you can see, is this someone that I actually want to spend the next three or six or nine months, however long a project might take with. Um, and so this is, yeah, I call it the discovery phase. And, and what you do is you basically say, Hey, I want to get in there. I want to understand this at a deeper level. And the way you can kind of sell this is to say, look, this is a benefit for both of us because here I'm still going to give you a set of deliverables. Um, so for example, I did this one time and I made a whole project plan for a client. Um, and it turned out that right, right when I was doing that, COVID hit and the project fell apart anyway because it had to do with some big event that ended up getting canceled. But in either case, they still got a project plan out of me that they can then translate for other projects or whatever, or other, I'm sorry, when they do it again in the future. And so I was paid for my time to go in and, and look at this and get them a set of deliverables without, um, you know, giving it away for free, like Beth was saying. So um, yeah, I'm really glad that you did that. That's awesome. I know. I know. I was so stoked. And then it took them a few days to get back to me. And I was like, you know what? Take a few days to get back to me. I don't care, yeah. you know, because I don't want to do this kind of work unless I'm th knowing I'm going to get paid for it and knowing that I have the capacity and the interest and that there's a compatibility between us and all this other stuff. Yep. And so, you know, you can bid out a, a, uh, a chunk of, of time that's not going to be a, a lifelong commitment or a multi-month commitment. You can just say, I'd like to spend the next two weeks delving into this, this and mm -hmm. this. And um, they did come back to me and they were like, can you clarify what that means? So I'm going to now clarify what that means, which is which I feel better about because yeah. now I'm like, I'm not on the hook for this. Yeah. So if I go back and I say, well, here's what I mean. Here's here's here are the issues. Sometimes when I'm dealing with people's money and financial issues, they don't even know what they don't have. Like they're like they're like, I, I don't know, nobody has done any accounting for years here. And so I, I guess it's okay. Doesn't, doesn't QuickBooks run itself, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's like, okay, fair enough. This is not your area of expertise, but let's, let's get you on track, but let's 
make sure that you're in the right hands by the time I, with my professional experience of 25 years, look through all of this, we can really direct you to exactly the right person for this. If it's not, yeah. Or if I don't have the capacity. So I just, yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So highly recommended. So, so if that alone, this course is $29 and my gosh, I mean, get this thing and you'll learn that and about six other things you didn't know that you needed to know. But now that you know, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, my life is so much easier. (laughs) So, so there's one more pitch for it. And it is available at our website, kenzacollective.com. Um, that you can do this course. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, we answer questions like, what services will I provide? And how am I going to charge for them? Uh, where am I going to find clients? How do I pay taxes? Beth and I do a whole episode about how to set up a financial system. I think there's seven steps we go through. And Beth shares with us, you know, digs into her knowledge of what she's seen where people have gone wrong. And she's just like, I think what Beth probably loves the most about what we're doing is that we get to kind of catch people hopefully early on and prevent them from having to hire someone like that to clean things up. (laughs) So yeah, you can go to kenzacollective.com slash you can do this. 29 bucks. Get started. You can do this. Bargain. 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 All right. So let's dive in and start with our first bucket here, which was, which is setting an intention. And I know there's, I've been seeing a lot of this out there, you know, where where it's not like we invented the setting an intention for your business or anything like that. But I think it's picking up a lot of steam lately because it's a little bit more friendly than setting a goal, a goal. I mean, we did set some goals, um, but I feel like we set them kind of loosely. We were like, yeah, these are, this is what we're working towards and this would be really great. And these are, we could have called them intentions, but Um, What we're talking about here is, and I think I mentioned earlier, is that our intention is connection right now. So for the last, you know, the last quarter of 2020, really the last two quarters of 2020, um, Beth and I were really focused on content creation. Um, And so we were putting out podcasts every week and really dialing in our process, because if anyone out there has ever done a podcast before, you know, it's a heck of a lot of work and you want to take the, like, we do a lot of work to curate what we're going to talk about, who we're bringing on, what we talk about in the conversation, and then we edit it and just so much goes into it. We wanted to make sure that, um, you know, what all that work is spread far and wide. So now we're publishing on YouTube. We publish on all the podcast platforms. We share stuff on social media um, and we have a really great sort of framework going. And then we shifted our focus into um, producing the You Can Do This course. And again, if anybody's ever produced a course, that's a ton of work. Um, And so now we kind of, we decided that we wanted to take a little bit of a collective deep breath, a Kenza collective deep breath. In through the nose, out through the mouth. Right. As they may, when they say. And um, we're like, you know what? It's time for us to really focus on connecting with our audience. And so we chose the word connection. And what was cool is that we started here for a reason. And that reason is everything else we planned is going to circle around and serve that intention. Goals, I I always think of as more, for me at least, are more quantitative, right? And this is a qualitative thing, right? So what are, what are, what is it that I want? What, what do I like? When in doubt, when I have two choices, which one serves that intention? 
right? So let's say it's not COVID anymore and we're able to go back out. And I have two choices. I can stay home and read a book or I can go meet three people and talk about, you know, things I want to talk about. Hmm. Which one is the connection one? Oh, going and meeting people and the, the three people, right? So it's just like you figure out, just figure out what your overriding intention is going to be and then just keep choosing it over and over and over when you have choices. That's such a great way to put it. I love that. <laughs> that was like last night I was telling you I was laying in bed and I'm really enjoying Clubhouse right now because it's just so um, easy. You know, you just pop in and out of rooms and and see what people are talking about. You don't, you can contribute or not. You don't have to, I was literally laying in bed with pajamas on, you know, like you didn't have to, it's so informal. And, um, and I could have laid there and watched a TV show, but I went back to our intention of connection. I said, you know, I need to be on here and I need to be talking to people and, or at least listening and seeing what people are talking about and just being a part of the conversation, um, if it makes sense. And that has served me really well over the last couple of nights. And so, um, yeah, I love, I love what you said about that. Just when you have a couple of decisions, choosing your, your one with your intention is, you know, how things start to change. Your intention can be anything. It can be health. It can be taking care of yourself. It can be time management. Mm -hmm. Big one, big one for our audience. Um, I think business development, maybe you want to, maybe it's time for you to learn a new skill or step out of your comfort zone some way. And in the worksheet that we provided, we do give some more examples in there to give you some inspiration. Um, but we also say to not overthink it, you know? Yeah, just pick your word and go with it. And then at the end of this quarter, because we're talking about just a quarter now, uh, three months rather than a whole year, because uh, we all know that you can have good plans for a whole year that just go completely sideways. Mm -hmm. Thank you again, COVID. <laughs> Um, so, so, um, if we kind of chunk it into one quarter at a time, pick an intention for this quarter, ours happens to be connection. Yours might be making money or some other thing, whatever it is, and just stick with it. Love it. Help it. Let, let it help you make choices. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you could even print it out and put it in a cutesy little font or a not cutesy font. No comic sans allowed though. You can't put it in that font. That's a rule. No. <laughs> um, and hang it above your desk or do something to remind yourself of it. Cause it's, it is really easy to sit down and do stuff like this and then feel really good about it. And then like, forget about it in a week. Um, yeah. And so I'm trying to be better at that part too. Okay. So the second thing we talked about was our time. And I feel like this is a really um, a really important thing to talk about that maybe not everyone does, especially, um, it's going to be even more important now that, um, everybody's still remote and juggling child care or, um, everything that we're juggling at home, working from home. And, you know, I thought it was really important that we talked about this because, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Beth is coming back to the U S next week from Denmark to pack up our house and deal with some personal move stuff and all that kind of stuff. And it was important that I knew that so that I didn't expect, like we would have, I would have scheduled a podcast recording for next Thursday, but I was like, Oh, I see on the calendar, Beth is just arriving from Denmark the day before. So I'm not going to do that. You know? So we, you know, having a teammate, it's important that we are on the same page of what's going on in our lives to a reasonable degree, you know? 
And if you don't have anybody on your team, which is totally fine, you know, talking to your partner or talking to your childcare provider, whoever is a part of your world and a part of your time management, um, you guys should be looking at the calendar together. Mm-hmm. And when are people going on vacations? I mean, I know vacations, again, are another thing that we're not really doing so much of right now, but um, do you have some travel planned or does somebody have doctors, dentist appointments? Do you have to go in and get a tooth done? Or, you know, is there anything that's going to stand in the way of some of the things you need to do? Or are you setting yourself some deadlines for some kind of personal, you know, um, either self-care or a fitness program or whatever, like, what are you planning to do? Like, so, um, make sure you, you, you put that into your plan for the next three months. And, um, of course we have our wonderful tool, the capacity planning device or capacity planning. (laughs) You know what? Housing device better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not really a gadget. It's, it's, it's It's a digital gadget, sort of a spreadsheet. (laughs) So it's, it's a spreadsheet, but, but it's helpful. It's super helpful. This is another one of those things that's part of the magic that is Tiffany Jones. Um, she has this really cool thing. You can look at it and, you know, figure out, uh, hey, am I using my time the right way or am I overscheduling myself or whatever? And um, I have a similar one that I do with money, which is also, which is funny because they sort of compliment each other, but it's like, you have to look at it one week at a time. And like, how realistic are my expectations for myself time-wise? Um, so that's a, uh, that's another thing that that's a tool that can help you with all of this. Yeah. Basically the way it works is it's a, it's a high level view of, of all the stuff you have going on in your life, including family commitments, um, and projects that you're working on um, for your clients. And so what you do is on the left-hand side of the spreadsheet, down the first column, you basically put in all of the things that you have going on. And then as you go across, it's week by week by week, you estimate how many hours you think you're going to need to be spending on that each week. And you ba- and it does a calculation comparing to how many hours per week you have to actually get work done. So, you know, let's say you've said, okay, I have 25 hours of dedicated time to get work done each week, or maybe it's five hours, maybe it's 10, whatever it is, you put that into a certain cell. And then as you estimate out your projects and your other commitments, you can see, holy crap, I have 30 hours of work scheduled for this one particular week. And now you can get out ahead of that and it'll turn red and it'll say, hey, what are you going to do about this week? You better make plans so you're not stressed (laughs) out. Um, so yeah. it's really a future self saver is what we should call it. Well, we say your current self is talking to your future That's self, right. Mm-hmm. right? And, um, you know, your future self is going to be happy that your past self see. So now we change all around, right? Cause time keeps ticking. Um, but your, your future self will be really happy that your past self or your right now present self. I know it's too, too crazy, but anyway, you'll be happy you did this. <laughs> you'll be happy you did this because you'll be like, okay, I set myself up to not be overscheduled mm-hmm. and not overscheduling is really the name of the game, right? So you want to make sure you're using your time really wisely and also really smartly and balancing balance, balance, balance. Right. And it gives you an answer. Like for example, I had a, a client from last year reach out to me this morning and say, Hey, I'd love to talk to you in a couple of weeks about X, Y, and Z. 
And, you know, I know that I could have some capacity, especially if we're not talking towards the end of this month and maybe something would get started in February, March. Like, yeah, I could have some capacity to take on a project um, or actually, no, I, I'm fully booked and, and I can be honest and upfront with that um, and say, yeah, it looks I'm looking at my calendar. I'm looking at my project schedule. It looks like I, I'm not going to have time until April or whatever it is. And so it kind of it gives you <clears throat> it gives you a, a, a high level objective view of of where where you have openings so that when you talk to clients, you're not, you're not committing to something that you actually shouldn't be committing to, or you have the opportunity to say to them, Hey, I could start that project, but not for about three weeks. Is that going to work for you? So we set an intention and then we talked about what does our time look like? And then we took those two pieces of information to drive, all right, if our intention is connection and here's what our timing looks like, here's our availability over the next three months, how do we want to be spending our energy? What do we, like, specific now, like where specifically do we want to be spending our energy? And for us in particular, just giving some examples, we had a big conversation about social media. And where we want, which platforms we want to be spending time and energy on, because we all know that social media can be a huge time suck, not just scrolling, but producing content and showing up. But our intention is connection. So we wanted to prioritize social media. And so what did we, what did we decide on for that, Beth? We looked at all the social platforms and we said, we have two people here so we can divide and conquer. So where do you gravitate and where do I gravitate and what do you hate and what do you love and where would you prefer to be and how would you prefer to do it and da, 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 da. and we realized that there were we didn't we you also can put boundaries around this and say okay I'm going to focus on four social media outlets I'm not going to do try to do every single one and there's you know probably eight or something um, I'm going to do you know some kind of Facebook, some kind of Twitter, some kind of, I forget what the other ones were, but you know, like, let's be very specific about how much involvement and how much time suck we want from all of that. Right. And so one of us happens to like, for example, already be on Twitter. And so, you know, that person was like, you know what, I'll spend a little more time over there on our stuff and, you know, hopefully try to make some connections there. Cause remember it's about connections. And the other person said, well, I spend a lot of time over on Instagram. So I think I'm going to spend more time there. And, and so it's, it's just a good way. It's a game plan, right? So you're just saying like, if I have an extra hour in my day and we have this goal of connection, um, where do we want to put our focus? And that way we're not like, you know, all shooting in different directions and overlapping and bumping into each other and all this other crazy stuff. We're just, you know, it's kind of a, a plan. It's not, it's not a structured plan. It's not like you will post, you know, a 30 word thing every 15 minutes. It's not like that, but it's like, here, I'll take this part. You take this part. Let's, let's go. do our best. Let's so, just do our best. Yeah. yeah. Let's do what we can. Let's do what yeah. we can. Something I've been doing is some kind of deep inner work. Um, and I, I've been saying to myself, I'm like KonMari, you know, the KonMari, what brings you joy, what sparks joy, uh, for physical things, you know, stuff in your house. But I've been doing that to my inner energy. And this is actually coming from a book I've been reading called The Untethered Soul, which I'm sure a lot of you have heard of. And if you haven't read it, I would highly recommend you check it out. It just gives you a really good 
perspective on um, life and what we're all doing here and what this is all about. And and it's not like um, tied to any one particular religion uh, or anything like that. It's just an interesting perspective. And part of what he talks about in that book is just really being uh, aware of where your energy is going. What are you thinking about? What are you replaying in your head? What are you worrying about? Um, and I started to realize that I do a lot of that kind of stuff. I, I replay conversations. I make up conversations that I could have. And I think about, um, you know, like, <laughs> if I could give a piece of my mind to this person, this is what I, and I have like a thing in my head. Um, or, you know, I, I don't know. There's just things that you think about that you just, I don't want to be thinking about it anymore. And sometimes I think it becomes like this automatic programming that we don't even realize we're doing. And so there's this other book I read called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. You guys can tell I'm on a little bit of a, a spiritual journey at the moment. And one of the things he talks about in there is when you're having a thought like that, or you're, you find yourself, you've gone down a rabbit hole and you have the presence of mind to pull yourself out of it. Um, you just say, you like, you stop the thought process and you say, change. You just want to change. Like, I, I'm not doing that anymore. And what's been cool is that it's given me a lot of energy back. I like physically feel more energetic because I'm not wasting my energy on stupid made up stuff that doesn't matter. <laughs> Right. No, I get it. I mean, we can, we, we perseverate. So for, for anybody who doesn't know what that word means, go look it up. It's an interesting word, but this is like when you, when you get stuck, when your head, your brain is a broken record and you can't get past something. Yeah. You know, we're having some, some perseveration in the national dialogue right yeah. now, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's like so frustrating to watch. Cause it's like, get past it. Let's move on. Let's go to the next step. You know, so it's, it's, we all, we all have times when we do this. And again, that's really good advice. It's like, you have to break the cycle and just be like, Hey, I'm thinking about this thing for the 15th time today. And it does not serve me. It's like completely useless that I keep replaying this tape of something that didn't even happen and I wish had happened or I wish I could have told that guy this thing or whatever, you know, just use it as a lesson and move on, you know, and find some things to think about that are, you know, serving your, your goals. So go back to your intention. What's your intention? Connection. Okay. Let me go focus on what I'm supposed to be doing right now, which is connecting right? Or whatever your intention was. So like, again, this is another good time to, <laughs> to use your intention to shock you out of whatever wheel spinning that you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. So I know that we got off into a little bit of a, I added that bullet in this morning because I've just been thinking about it and I've been <laughs> so inspired because I, I really do feel like I have more actual physical energy since I've been mostly focusing on just stopping stupid old thought patterns. And I shouldn't say stupid. I don't want to be mean to myself or anything, but just not helpful use, you know, uh, thought, thought patterns. So just some food for thought for you guys, you know, just being really careful about where we're spending our energy because, you know, with so much going on around us combined with, um, you know, trying to run a business 
or if you're still thinking about it, you know, thinking about running a business combined with our kids, combined with trying to have a relationship with our partner and keep that rolling. Um, and also trying to take care of ourselves, you know, we need to be, we need to be picky and choosy about where our energy is going. This is just such a big one. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we mentioned our pets in that that list of people that we care about, right? Um, (laughs) Pets too. But, you know, sometimes your pets are the best thing to break a cycle in your, in your mind, you know, because you're like busy being pissed off at, humans and and then your cat comes up and does something absurd and you're like oh thank goodness (laughs) that's funny you mentioned that last night I actually got really upset I was just um it just you know the emotions kind of started coming out late at night as they can do and my husband just walked over with our big fluffy purring cat and just like and I was like thank you oh thank you cat therapy is this the big fluffy cat that ran yes. away from home for a couple yes, of days? Because oh, we were so worried about him. His name is Carlos. Punk. But he's back. He's fine. He's back <laughs> and sassy. More sassy than ever. All right. And then we moved to the very last bucket, which is Beth's most favorite bucket. Money, 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 money. Yeah. So money. You know, money makes the world go round or whatever. Um it's, it's, it's part of our lives, whether we like it to be or not. Um, and especially if you're running a business, you're doing this to make money. You're not doing this. Well, hopefully you're doing this to make money and make a sustainable business out of it. Um, so we thought about all the things that really we should check in with at the beginning of each quarter. Like what are the money things we should check in with? Like ways that money's going out that aren't serving us or, you know, getting more money to come in and to, you know, make our business more sustainable. And one of the first things we thought about that I think we're all guilty of this or, you know, not guilty, guilty is too strong a word. We, we've all been in this situation before, which is you've got subscriptions that you don't use and you signed up for it a year ago or two years ago, and it's just coming out of your bank account every month or hitting your credit card every month. And you're like, wow, you know, I've got this subscription to Netflix or Audible or, you know, whatever it is. I'm not really using it. Maybe I need to cancel that. You know, so um, I had a, a, a subscription to Fubo TV that I was like, you know what? I don't have a TV. In fact, I'm about to move. I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm going to watch it. Yeah, this needs to go. So I went and canceled it. So, you know, just think about all that kind of stuff. And and these are personal examples, but they're business examples too of, of softwares that maybe you got for your business. You thought it was going to be useful. It turned out not to be so. And off okay. it goes. Or you got it for a client. The client's gone. The end. So. And then what could you do, Beth, with that extra 20 bucks or 50 bucks that you just freed up from paying a subscription on? Well, you know what? A, a, a neat idea, since you already are used to that money not being there, a cool idea would be to take whatever that amount of money is and stick it into your reserve because you've just freed up fifteen ninety nine or 20 bucks or whatever it is. Start sticking that in your reserve. And uh, we've talked a lot about setting up reserves. Um, but, you know, maybe you have a savings account attached to your business and maybe that's the time to say, you know what, on Every 15th of the month when I used to pay this thing that I don't need anymore, I'm going to take that amount of money and stick it in my reserve. And, you know, 
forget about it. And you'll probably stick other money in your reserve too. But, you know, that's an easy way. That's kind of a low impact way. You don't, you won't miss it because you haven't missed it all this time. Right. My, um, my bank account has this cool thing that I set up um, for our personal finances where they take a random amount of money every week and it's under $10. Um, it's usually around like seven or $8 and they transfer it right from our checking into um, what we call our fund savings account. And, and it's crazy how fast that adds up. All of a sudden I'm like, Ooh, babe, we got 200 bucks in our fund savings account. And we just, we just <laughs> slept off. We don't even ever see it. You know, it's not in our budget. Um, and it's just over there. And so if we want to go out and have a, a, a fun night at a, you know, getting takeout <laughs> and sitting somewhere on the beach or something, you know, maybe grabbing a couple beers. We just use our fun money for that. That's been schlepped. Aside. And so, you know, our biggest thing, we talk about setting up a cash reserve a lot because it is there for a rainy day, again, for your future self. So you don't have to be stressed out. If you just start somewhere, if you just start eight bucks a week or 20 bucks a month from that subscription you canceled, just start, just do it. And you'll be surprised at how fast it starts to add up, you know, especially once it becomes a routine. And if you can automate it, like Tiffany was talking about with some kind of mechanism that sticks it into your bank, your, your savings account, you won't even notice it. You won't even have to put any of your intention on it. You'll just, it'll just go there. So, and then you look and you're like, holy cow, look at this. So anyway. There are a couple <laughs> of other um, timely things that we really wanted to mention in this episode. If you're listening to this uh, later on in, in the year of 2021, um, you know, this may not be as relevant, but we are right now in early January and there are some tax and other early January type of things that you should be getting going on. So what are those things, Beth? Well, um, our our dear friend Kirsten Smith, who is going to has done did did a course in uh, our You Can Do It did a, se a segment in our You Can Do It course. You can do this course. Sorry, I have to get our name correct. Um, and also has been on the podcast before, but also will be coming back to do some tax talk pretty soon. Yay! Yay! We love her. She's a tax professional. We all used to work together. We all used to sit in the same office together. So this is really a trip that we're all doing a podcast together. But she brought uh, this to our attention on, on the IRS website, which I also recommend. The IRS website um, is very user-friendly. It, it gives a wealth of information. And keep in mind that anything you read on there, you're getting right from the horse's mouth. Um, but it's also, you know... If you have fears of the IRS, um, get over those. Go on irs.gov. Check it out. There is a excellent page on the IRS website called Manage Taxes for Your Gig Work. Um, and you can just simply go to the irs.gov um, site, do a search for gig work, and it will pop up. It's like the first the first. Um, uh, search you know, result. And go on there, and it gives you all these different, like, you know, what, what expenses are actual valid business expenses and what documents do you need to file your taxes and what are the deadlines and what forms do you use and da, 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 on and on and on. And it's super user-friendly. You can click all around. There's links, there's all kinds of good stuff. So, um, highly recommended, um, do it now. 
Um, and the other thing is if you're preparing to get taxes done, if you're going to have a tax professional do it for you, then make sure you're in touch with them. Find out um, what's their schedule. You know, like if you haven't set up your appointment with them, it's a good time to call them and do that. They're not super crazy yet, so they'll appreciate that you were getting ahead of this rather than dealing with this two months from now. Um, the other thing uh, you want to do is if you aren't using a, or having a tax professional do your taxes for you and you're using, say, TurboTax, go download that now. Make sure that's where you want it to be on your computer. Um, maybe scroll through it. You know, put the basic information in, scroll through it, find out the kinds of things they're going to be asking you about and start a file um, or, you know, get your file that you've been collecting all year with these documents and start preparing for that. And you don't have to do it right this minute. And I, we're talking to you on um, the 8th of January and you really, technically you can't get started with that until you have your 1099s and your W-2s, which are due out from your employer or your client um, by February 1st, 2021. So you may already have some of them, um, and but don't, you know, don't call them up by rate if you don't have it yet because it's not the deadline yet. But after February 1st, you should have all of your, all of the stuff you need. So um, think about that too. You, if, if you're um, managing your finances, let's say in QuickBooks, you probably already know how much um, you build particular clients and how much they paid you within the calendar year. So you can you can roughly start doing this. You just don't have all the you know final final stuff. Um, and same thing with your W two. If you happen to be employed, let's say you have a job and you also you know are freelancing on the side, um, your last pay stub of the calendar year where it says year-to-date numbers, that should be a good preliminary number that you could start to use in your TurboTax while you're waiting for your W-2 to show up. So you have a few options. Um, if you did any, you know, um, donations last year, you know, pull that, pull those receipts. Um, yeah, so just, just, I know it's only beginning of January. <laughs> I mean, you might be listening to this in August, so... Think of it for next year if you are. But um, but you can never start too soon with all of this stuff. You know, even mid-year, start planning for next year. That way you're not going to end up like, you know, on April 14th, like desperately calling somebody up and saying, can you do my taxes for me? Because that's the worst. That's absolutely the worst. to get charged more so, for that, you know. Oh, yeah. Rush yeah. fees. Yeah. Um, like Beth said, we're going to definitely have uh, Kirsten Smith on in a couple of weeks, a couple of episodes to talk in more detail. And again, we'll provide a checklist for that. Um, but before she comes on, one of the things that you do need to be doing if you hired subcontractors in 2020 is you need to be sending out 1099s to them. Yes, you do. You absolutely do. And and also this year it's different. Um in the past, there used to be one 1099 form called a 1099-MISC, or miscellaneous, short for miss or miscellaneous. Um, and that used to be like rents and, you know, a whole bunch of different things. Um, Non-employee compensation, which is 
being a, uh, a contractor, a freelancer. Um, all of this went on one form. This year, there's two forms. So there's that old 1099 Miss, and then there's a new one called the 1099 NEC. And that one is specifically um, independent contractors. And so you may find that the folks, if you have clients that are supposed to be sending those to you, you know, I know some of my clients and I are, are working out the bugs of like, how do we print this? Oh, it's a new thing in QuickBooks. Oh, oh, oh. So a lot of people print them out themselves and mail them out or send them out by email. Um, be patient, but also be aware that um, you have to do this too. Um, so, you know, figure out how to do it. Again, our, our, our pals over at irs.gov have some great information about this. You can do a search over there and you can say 1099 NEC or 1099 MISS, M-I-S-C, and um, tell me more. And uh, I, just, I just did this myself to familiarize myself with, you know, what the the reasons you would do the new, the new types of forms and, and how to do them. Um, so there's also, just so you know, again, on the IRS website, <laughs> when you do find the forms for, uh, for the 1099s, there is a fill inable form that you can, you can complete. So let's say you had only one, um, subcontractor or independent contractor or freelancer, whatever you want to call the person. Uh, if you only had a couple of them, you can type this in, in this fill out, fill, fillable form and send it to them. And then that buys you a little time to get the whole rest of it. You have to, unfortunately, the, the copy that goes to the IRS, you have to print on official copies. But here's a tip on that. Two things you can do. You can either go to Office Max or Staples or whatever and get the forms and print them out yourself, or you can, um, what was the other way? Wait, I had another way to do this. Oh, I know. <laughs> Again, on the IRS website, you can ask them to send you forms in the mail and it's completely free. It takes 10 days though, or 10 business days. But they have a little form you fill out and you say, I want this and I want this and I want 10 of these and 16 of these and whatever. And here's my address. And they will get those in the mail to you. And that is completely free. It will save you some money. And then you don't have to like go and buy 50 forms at Staples and only use 24 of them and feel like you just completely got ripped right. off. So those are options. And before you can do any of that, though, for, for your any subcontractors, you need to make sure that you have their W-9 from them with That's their right. most current information. And so the way to prevent your future self from being frustrated by this or having to spend a lot of time on it later on is as soon as you hire a subcontractor to work on a project with you, just get that W-9 from them right at the beginning. I had a folder I created called 2020 W-9s. Anybody I worked with, I made it a point to not let that slide. Like I had one who was kind of dragging his feet. He's like, oh, and I was like, I need you to please get this to me, you know, because it was like in March or something. I'm like, I'm going to forget. Um, and so now I just have a nice folder there and I, I reached out to each one. I think I hired five different subcontractors last year for various things and said, Hey, you didn't move or anything. Right. And a lot of them are kind of my friends. And so I know what's going on with their lives, but, um, you know, get, make sure you have those cause you're going to need that information before you can even fill out a 1099 for them. Right. Yeah, totally. And if you are using QuickBooks, um, 
there's a place in QuickBooks where you would put this information in their, their correct name, address, and tax ID number. And then when it's time to print these forms, you just go in there and ask it to print the forms. It's not that complicated. So yeah, again, this um, this stuff is all listed in, in our free worksheet that you can download at kenzacollective.com um, and also find a direct link in the show notes here. We will get more in depth. We're working on that episode right now with Kirsten and, and just trying to figure out how to best present information to everybody. And um, we might even play around with doing a live Q&A at the end of that if you want to pick a tax professional's brain and ask really specific questions. Um, I think that might be really helpful for um, listeners in listener land. So so stay tuned and follow us on social um, at Kenza Collective. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm mostly running our Instagram. Beth is mostly running our Twitter. And uh, we're also playing around on Clubhouse. So if you... Um, are, have heard of Clubhouse. It's basically um, you pop in and out of, you can pop in and out of rooms that are having all kinds of different discussions. There are definitely some very interesting ones. It's really all over the spectrum. I, <laughs> I tuned into a group that is um, big proponents of flat earth theory the other night. And I was just like, this has got to be fascinating. And I just, I like genuinely, I wasn't trying to go in as like a, you know, I just wanted to hear what they were saying. You know, it's like such a curious topic to me. Um, So you can find all kinds of stuff, but um, there's a ton of stuff on, you know, business strategy and just all kinds of topics. So if you're on Clubhouse, unfortunately, it's only available to people with an iPhone. Um, at the moment, it's only in the app store, but um, it's picking up a lot of steam. So hopefully it will be available for our Android users as well very soon. Anyway, we're on there. We're active. We've applied for a club. Um, we want to be hosting discussions there. Um, and really, again, just going back to connection as our intention. Yay. And that is how we manifest our intention is we make connections lots of different ways. That's right. Okay. Well, I think that that about sums it up. So going through setting your intention, talking about or looking at your time for the next couple of months, deciding based on those two sort of, they're almost like little boundaries that you place around the quarter. Like what's my intention kind of sets up a couple of boundaries and then what's my time Okay, now I have my boundaries set. Where do I want to spend my energy and my money within those boundaries? Um, mm-hmm. And just taking some time to look at that. And then and then put it in action. Put it in somewhere where you can, you're reviewing it, you're seeing it, put it up on the wall, do whatever you got to do. But don't forget about this stuff. This is important. And this is really, you know, this is the work that that helps you run a sustainable, successful business for yourself. And not only sustainable from a financial standpoint, but sustainable from an energetic and, you know, just your own self standpoint. Set yourself up for success. All right, Beth, any final parting words for our parents here um, who are listening and trying to navigate these tricky waters of running a business while also raising a family? Our, our parentopreneurs, uh, as I call them. It's <laughs> Okay, guys, <laughs> Beth made up a word. That is much better to read than say. Yeah, I know. No, I've actually seen it out there in the world. I don't think I made it up, but I just thought of it one day. I was like, per entrepreneurs. It sounds um, like a dinosaur. Yeah. Like species. A dinosaur. Yeah. A parentopasaurus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
this last year just really solidified uh, how much folks who who need balance, um, gosh, really ought to be working for themselves. I mean, right? I mean, it's just been like, how do you even try to hang on to a job during with all these circumstances? I don't even that, know. You know, everybody's dealing with. So anyway, we have plenty of ideas in the You Can Do This course for ways you can become self-employed, things that you might do. Um, you know, you don't have to have an idea yet, but you have skills. You definitely have skills. So how can you leverage those skills, create a business for yourself, create some balance and, um, you know, check it out. And also we keep bringing you uh, different. So you want to be a podcast so that you can have a, a sense of um, what are people doing and how are they doing it? And how does that work? And we've had some fascinating people on the podcast talking about their different types of businesses that they were able to set up. So um, tune in. KenzaCollective.com. We've got a, a link for the podcast there. Um, check out some of the old episodes and, and get inspired. There's some really cool people that we've talked to, and we will continue to talk to some cool people this year. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So. A couple episodes we have coming up are So You Want to Be a Project Manager, Freelance Project Manager. Oh, that was that a good was one. Such a good that one. was really and good. And I, I just got done editing that one, and there's just, it's, the so you want to be has always turned out to be so much more than just talking about, you know, what they do and what that looks like. It's there's just great advice and um, lessons learned, um, things to do, things to not do. And so even if you're not necessarily interested in being a freelance project manager specifically or any of the other so you want to be is um, there's always just good nuggets in there. And then um, the other one that's coming up is how to leverage Upwork to find clients and build a business, which was also quite fascinating. And of course the tax one and, and lots of others. So yeah, all right. Well, thanks for joining us today and uh, we'll see you next time.